video game. It's February 4th, 2009, and Gamefly ate your homework. But this is Idle Thumbs 17, <laughs> and I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Did Hi. you hear about uh, Idle Thumbs? <laughs> what about it? Yeah. I hear they've got all the latest uh, video game <laughs> news. I don't think we have. Are they that. required? No, they got the top the top uh, top rated video game champs around the world to give you the latest tips. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Is this like a callback to episode like issue yeah, no, one no, of, of I'm confused EGM? <laughs> You're right. No, it's not supposed to be, but they'll tell you. They'll tell you how to find the fucking boss. <laughs> Kill me! I'm sorry that I ruined everything. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> all right. Jake is dying at the moment. Um, I like this podcast, but you guys laugh too much. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, we should. Yeah, and we cut each other off too much. It's a little what? giggly. Yeah, so I was playing uh, Killzone Two. I <laughs> beat that game the other yeah, day. That was a pretty sweet. Um, I don't know. 10.0. Not really. Not to G-O-T-Y, me. Goty February. No. <laughs> I don't know. This is GOTF. Killzone Two is a weird thing. I played through that game. I got to the end of it. Yeah. It's certainly like technical fidelity is amazing. Definitely, it's you know it's a shooter. You play through. You can shoot a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I, I still I'm like re- and I mean this in the most. Like genuine or like non snarky way, like I really don't understand what makes everyone give it tens and nine point fives and not like I did you play Kills on One? Pity. I did play Kills on One and it wasn't good, but most people thought it wasn't good, so that's so I'm not yeah. as confused about that. Um, <laughs> but now you just don't know. <laughs> well, no, I really genuinely don't. Like I, I really, especially the first, I don't know, the first half of the game or so, it's very very typical. It's just like you go down corridors, there's dudes, there's locked doors, you have to kill all the guys, one of your buddies unlocks the door after you kill the guys, you go to the next thing. It kind of plays like sort of like a light gun game just as a first person shooter. It's like mm. a lot of the levels are annoyingly straightforward. It's like you're here, there's dudes on the other side of the screen. Yeah. You just shoot them all and then you keep moving. It's like that's fine. There's nothing like wrong with that, but it's certainly not interesting or like super compelling to me. I don't know. I'm I and again like it looks great if you like how it looks. I mean, if you like that kind of Gears of War style environment where everything's kind of dusty and like that's fine and and the shaders are amazing and I will say that I've rarely seen a game that is as visually flawless within the scope of their artistic direction. Like I'm not a f- necessarily a fan of that kind of just like Brown Warzone. I don't particularly like the Gears of War look either, so I'm it's not yeah. like I'm picking on this game in particular, but it's just like they did an amazing job with like the depth of feel on the guns as you zoom them in and like the just like the animations are really fluid and all that stuff is great. But like as an actual game, I, I don't I'm I'm really not seeing like what's so amazing about it. And the funny thing is I read a few reviews. I read, for example, the Eurogamer review. They gave it a nine and I really like Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. And I, I used But you don't like that nine. Well I mean I read the review because I wanted to see, you know, what they what their justification was. And it was filled with a lot of things where it's like this part wasn't necessarily super impressive. Right. But 
you know, and then like this, certainly not not uh, like anything out of the ordinary. And I'm like, they had all these little caveats. None of them were huge caveats, but I'm like, yeah, I agree. And then it just turns out to be, you know, Nine. like a average well, shooter. And it's like that's the kind of site where I was surprised to read a review like that and then and then see that score. And I those I, caveats all added are... up to exactly one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to talk. It's hard for me to like talk about this game because I don't do review like scored reviews, and so I like having to compare it to other people's scored reviews is sort of impossible. What, is, what but score I, would you give it? I, I don't really know what score I'd give it, but I'm just trying to because all those other sites do scores. I'm trying to figure out why they chose those scores. Like I, I just it's there's a lot of games like shooters I've played that are pretty similar or superior to Killzone in terms of gameplay that would not get those scores and i can go into some specifics i mean sure. i like i because i don't want to i don't want to just sort of be completely vague like oh it just wasn't uh. right right you should go into like for one thing this sounds like a shitty thing to complain about but i really really wish you could hold more weapons like it's essentially a one weapon system <sighs> because i mean it sounds like the typical eight weapons five ten point but like you have your pistol that stays with you the entire game and then you only get one other weapon so it it, oh, it the pistol can't be traded out? No. I mean, it just it encourages you to not experiment with right, like mid-range, long-range, short-range. You know, short right, yeah, exactly. And, and you, you just kind of stick with it. And it just it it <clears throat> there, there's a few a few factors that all contribute to the battles in this game not standing out for me. Like, first of all, I think when you do a shooter on a console, you have to you have to approach it in a certain way. Like I think when you do a shooter on a console, it makes sense to try to to do things that take advantage of the fact that the player is not playing a Twitch game. Like, you don't have the ability to zoom around 180 degrees in a split second. Right, you don't have right, the ability right. to, like, quickly look over the screen. So you want to do things that cater to that. You want to do things, like, that try to encourage battles to be more dynamic through other means. And I think <sighs> there are games that do that well. And the problem with with a lot I of think battles, Gears of War does that well. I, I mean, think, just, yeah, I'm not a Gears of War fan. I know you're not a fan, but, but I, I think but I, to that yeah, point specifically, I, I acknowledge. Think, yeah. I think that you know the way that the run system works, and you know, uh, the, you know all the mechanics as far as jumping over barrels and things like that. Yeah, no, and go, I, go and, right I, and I hate I I like really hate to bring this up, but I, I think Halo does it well too, and I it, sure yeah. I hate to fucking compare these games because I don't want to. So, so the point if that was a nine, then this yeah, can't be a nine. Stupid, but I just the problem is I really think Halo is a good example of how to take advantage of that. So by, even if it was on the PS3, <laughs> yes, even if it was on the PS3, Jesus. Uh, but um, <laughs> I don't give a shit. No, I know. Um, but and, and I will say, I think that there are some things that Halo does badly. So I'm not trying to just say yeah. like, for example, I think the level design in Halo is mainly terrible and the yeah. pacing is pretty bad. But the, I think right. the one thing that Halo does really well, and it's the thing that's enough to make me enjoy the game a lot, is the is it really forces, in some cases, it forces battles to be dynamic. When you're in a good arena in a Halo game, the way there's different types of enemies, some of whom want to come up close to you, some of whom want to snipe you, some of whom want to engage at mid-range, yeah. the different <sighs> sizes, the different level of shields on those enemies, the different, the extremely different guns you have like that do extremely different things, all of those things really encourage you to engage in a lot of different types of, of encounters. I, I f really feel like they could have done more in that department in Killzone because I don't feel like the game wants you to do any of that stuff. It so what's just, the problem? Is, is it the kind of thing where it's a shooting gallery where there are dudes right. with guns you're, and you're, you're behind sitting there cover, and right. you slowly move your scope like yeah, over somebody's head, you hit right. A, you move, you, yeah. you do the right. same thing. And then around. you kill them all in advance to the next right. yeah. zone. And the, some reviews describe it as tactical, but I don't feel like I'm 
I'm conjuring up any tactics. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I'm just being careful. To me, that's not tactical. It's just sort of careful, which is it's fine. Tactful. It's tactful. <laughs> yeah, it's tactful. That's actually a hilarious way to put it. Um, Thank you. Like, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that gameplay, but it's like, right. there. And and this is another frustrating thing. There are some levels in that game that are great. Like towards the end, there's a particularly great level where you're assaulting the enemy fortress, and it's prudently it's, assaulting. When you're prudently, <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. Like they take that cautious attitude, but they put it in a place where there's lots of of different structures around. It's not just sort of a funnel towards the end. There's actually like a big arena with cover all over the place. There's all different routes you can take to get there. Chris there's is uh, waving his waving his hands around, yeah, explaining yes, the scope yeah. of this. Drawing a yeah. blueprint. Yeah, there's enemies that are. <laughs> fanning out towards you in different directions like it plays differently when you start over that's fine like that's great i had a lot of fun with that level but most levels aren't like that most levels are much more linear and you for example there's one and this is actually something that sometimes the pitfall the, the halo two and three fell in sometimes two which is terrible um where there's just like eight snipers in a level mm-hmm. all like in the same fucking 20 yard radius and i'm like Gee. so it basically is like a memorization game of all right i know that sniper's there so if i run this way and run behind him i can get back him and punch him in the head oops i just got snipered again by a different dude who i didn't see because i didn't get that far last time yeah. and every single time you do it the enemies run in the same way they have the same route they and it just it's not dynamic, and I, I feel like when I play a first-person shooter, the thing I want out of it is dynamism. Like, the type of game where you're inhabiting a character, and the only purpose of the game is to kill all the guys. Like, that's what a sort of straight-up first-person shooter is. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that's what I'm going to be doing, I want it to be extremely dynamic. And I, I just don't... Most of Kills on 2, I didn't feel delivered that. And I, I wish I could understand, like, what, it, what exactly it is about this game that's making people freak out so much besides the graphics. Because... I'm not, I didn't really get it. Like there were some cool things, but it, and I played through the game to give it a fair shake, but I don't, I don't know. Th- those moments when it was really good were not worth the moments when it wasn't for me. I just, mm-hmm. and I, I will say also, I haven't played the multiplayer because the multiplayer servers have only been up for like a couple hours during the beta period. We played it for like 10 minutes. Well, you played, there's no, split oh, no, that's right. Of, I was just, I was just playing with bots. Yeah. There's no split screen of any kind and no co-op in this game. Yeah, that was, was actually that was disappointing really to me. Um, which I can't hold that against the game, but I do feel like it would have made this game better. Because, for example, in games that have, like, first-person shooters that have poor single-player campaigns, a lot of times, I'll happily play through those single-player campaigns if I can do it with a buddy. You know what I mean? Like, I'll forgive pretty egregious uh, single-player yeah, design it, mistakes if I have just a guy there I better. can dick around with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this game doesn't have that, which is too bad. But, you know, whatever. I, there's a resource issue. Maybe they'll sure. patch it in. <laughs> you're probably not like in fucking in halo 2 there was that god you guys probably don't know this but in halo 2 you can create a co-op single player lobby and then it's just grayed out like it doesn't let you press start because they never put that functionality in the game but i guess they probably planned it at some point nice. and so it's still in the game's interface you just can't start it it was the biggest fucking middle finger it was just <laughs> i remember seeing that one time and, and at my friend's house and we're like oh my god they put it in make it start it do it Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, um, for, uh, yeah, it's, it's horrible, it's awesome. yeah. but no, this game doesn't taunt you like that, fortunately. So I, but I've heard the multi, the multiplayer sounds really cool from what I've seen. It apparently has a pretty cool class system and that worked well in Call of Duty 4. Like I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll check it out when the game actually goes live. And the, the game mode cycling things. You know, and the game mode, cool. yeah, Jake and I were, were fooling around with the, um, single player, we're like the bots. bots. Yeah. Just like one player with bots. 
And it's, it seems like it's got a cool multiplayer mode cycle thing where when the multiplayer mode ends, you can have it just go straight into the next mode without yeah, it, switching it, it the map like, or switching the oh, nice. It switched from Team DM, and then once that objective was met, the announcer was just like, and now <laughs> yeah. it's a capture point game. Right. Like, oh, what the and fuck? It, and then once the points were captured, one of them just turned into a flag, it seemed like. Yeah, it turned into a hilarious oh, no, was, <laughs> was it capture the propaganda speaker? Yeah. So there's there's a, you, the flag instead is just a speaker that emits propaganda, which is... Sounds really dumb and trite. Oh, except, thought, except it's, it's actually I thought when really... you said speaker, I thought it was just like a dude. But... No, no, there's actually there's <laughs> just a speaker. Like but a the speaker. best thing is you can tell when the guy has the flag because you hear it like we must all rise up and like <laughs> yeah. throw off our oppressors, like a little it's like radio voice, like goes, a tiny little voice. Yeah, like, it's actually really by. awesome. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's pretty good. It's actually a pretty great <laughs> multiplayer mode to have. It. Like if you're just gonna have capture the flag, right? Why not it's a funny way to sound like a '40s like state of the nation address is whizzing by. Oh, there's the guy's got the. Yeah. Propaganda speaker. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, you're not holding like a, a propaganda. Dude, that'd like, be yeah, even I, more hilarious. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so Killzone. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this game. And the, just didn't think it was that special. I just didn't think it was that special. And the the, the all the story and character stuff is mm. just uh, like I'm Boring. so sick of just yeah. like bros fighting wars. Bros. I was sick of it in bros Gears of War, and I'm wars. sick. Of, seriously, <laughs> like it's. It's so the great bro war. There's so many your, there's like four or five your mom jokes in this game. It's <laughs> nice. Like, they will go to hilarious lengths to get a your mom joke in there. Like there's one dude is like, <laughs> "What are you doing? Eating some lunch?" And the other guy's like, "Yeah, my mom packed me a ham sandwich." And the guy's like, "That sounds delicious." <laughs> it's like, "What what are you doing?" And he's like, "Get your mom to pack me one when I leave her house tomorrow morning." It's like, "Wow, you guys went to great lengths for that <laughs> Fucking payoff there! You like invented this thing about having lunch and there being a delicious ham sandwich. And is that in a cutscene? I, th- I think so. Oh, because yeah. if that was happening just during a firefight, that would be amazing. If you know, <laughs> yeah. games that would think it's be really. Great. You're right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's a lower. I would accept that for, uh, as like a real, as like a thing in the game. It's like, like something you find. Maybe like a it was in the game. game. I mean, maybe something. it was. It's I, like I when you're on fire in NBA Jam. If you're doing really well, the guys like their morale right. up to the point they start cracking your mama jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been in the. I don't even remember. I mean, if it was in the game, that's fine. It's um, in the game. It's in the game. It's in the game. game. EA Sports. Your mom's in the game. Yeah. Oh, shit. I just got owned. Lion copyright kills on two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also the first, this is, this was funny to me. The, after the initial like text crawl narration thing with like the enemy bad guy giving you a big speech about how this <laughs> You did world a hand gesture that implied he was going to give you a big hug. With him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a, a ugly big... dude. Come here, bro. Um, the first actual like diegetic line of... <laughs> Sorry, it gives you the, the yeah. really bad yeah. mocap GTA bro right. hug. Yeah. <laughs> Jake and uh, Jake and uh, Nick are making like bro. We hug were pretending to have hands made of four polygons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first like diegetic line of dialogue you hear in this game is like squad mate rushing in and going, "This shit makes me want to break stuff." How typical can you get writers of this game? I don't know. It was just like it was just like it seemed so much like it was just trying to outbro Gears of War. It's like right. you've got the Got the bro game coming like, out. I mean, you can't possibly. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Those guys are real <laughs> those gamers. Guys, those guys aren't oh, yeah. bros, though. That's different. Oh, that's true. Like this is this They're is like the bro. Like also, your character is hilarious. Your character is like the secret European amidst a world of bros. He's got like a faux hawk and like <laughs> really? I don't know. He just looks like he's from sort of the Nordic region where this game was made. Mm-hmm. Whereas your other squad mates don't. Also, and I think Gears of War does this too. And I feel like an idiot for not knowing if this is the case or not, but you can die in that game, but your squad mates just fall on the ground and then you zap them with a thing and they come back to life. 
Wait, your, your squad mates come back to life or you can die? I'm confused. Okay, you as a character can die right. permanently. When you oh, die, your squad you die. Mates just your squad mates just fall over and then you just But they don't have the ability to zap you back they up. They can't zap you back up. That shit irritates me. Mm. Also, your squad mates can die in a cutscene, which still irritates me. That shit still bothers me in video games. It's like, this is in a war. My guys take bullets all day long, fall over all fucking day long. Sometimes, like, they'll die once a minute, and yeah. I just zap them back up with my thing. Right. And, then, and then in the cutscene, the, the guy cut gets scene, shot once, and it yeah, cuts and it's to like, slow I'm motion. not gonna make it. God damn it. It's like, you are... <laughs> yeah, I've got my fucking zapper. Can I just come over there? I still got it. No! <laughs> leave no. me! Leave me! What? But, like, uh, what? No, but I, seriously, dude. You've probably got one of those zappers, and you guys yeah, just, just don't like just me. Reach in your you use it on yourself. <laughs> like, I'll turn around. <laughs> well, look, dude, you can... It's cool, man. Seriously. <laughs> I can't I can't zap I won't tell anyone. <laughs> I'll just say nothing happened. I'll tell them you died. You can go home. <laughs> you can just leave. <laughs> Also, the game is funny because it assumes you, I guess, have knowledge of the first game and are just supposed to take it on faith that it's okay that you're just invading some other civilization's homeworld. Mm. Like, the enemies are always saying stuff like, you can't come to our planet. And to, like, the enemy bad guy's like, this is our home. Like, you can't just come in and invade it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, why? That sounds reasonable. Like, we're, <laughs> this is your planet? Why are we fucking coming here and trying to kill you? Like, yeah. that's fucked up. Like, I don't know, that strikes me as really weird, but apparently I guess they attacked first or something? It's no blood for aliens. No blood for aliens. <laughs> Mass Effect. They announced Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Or said it was coming. Speaking of no blood yeah, right. for aliens. <laughs> I don't know, it's a great, hilariously stupid line from that game, I don't know. Mass yeah. Effect 2. Yeah. The yeah. sequel to Mass Effect. No more blood for aliens. <laughs> Mass Effect 2. No more blood for aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Do you know much? Do you guys know much about Mass Effect no, 2? Not really. They said it's it'll be multi-platform at release this time. They didn't really indicate which they platform. They didn't specify, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's DS. <laughs> yeah. DS, PS2, Wii, PSP. They're yeah. taking a cue from the Macintosh. new Indiana Jones game. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I saw that game. Somebody sent me a link to screenshots of that game, and I thought it was a the, DS game. The, Indiana, the Wii game. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a DS game. They I was like, wow, well, this is an upscale DS shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it good looks, for the DS. It looks like the Wii or GameCube, but the screenshots all looked like someone tried to hide that by applying like the Photoshop watercolor filter. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I that know, was man. interesting. There are Wii games that look way better than that game. This game looks pretty shitty yeah so i mean so i guess they canceled the yeah well, i mean that was that's the lucas arts yeah. was well it has to be yeah, they oh were, yeah they were demoing for years the the what was assumed to be the a ps3 and 360 port which had all the same tech as force unleashed it had the euphoria, euphoria and, and it natural had, motion yeah and like uh, the like morpheme yeah all the stuff where objects break in realistic ways and it had right. the guys grab onto things yeah the yeah. euphoria thing as seen in gta and force unleashed it's basically i think it was the force unleashed engine yeah uh mm-hmm and that game was always demoed for years and years as nothing more than basically a tech demo of a Chinatown level that I think has been written up and previewed like three E3s <laughs> right. in a row. Yeah. And then LucasArts laid off millions of people and The Force Unleashed came out and then there were rumors that everyone in internal dev or almost everyone was gone. Yeah. And then the Indiana Jones game that was finally announced was clearly not that one. It looks like, I mean, it looks like they just uh, had all the, the ports done by third parties are now the primary skew after yeah. canceling their yeah. internal project, which... I've personally never heard of that happening before. I mean, there's lots of AAA games get, like, and then, whatever, Random Developer X makes, you know, the the weird Wii version that's a slightly different yeah, game, or like the, the, the cartoon yeah. Ghostbusters version yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
And it's weird that the when the this one looks so bad though. But I mean, it, it I know you say it looks like a weird GameCube game, but it looks like a PS One game, and I'm not saying that with like <laughs> a bad memory because I was over at Hot Scoop's house the other day and we were playing uh, the <laughs> the Quake Two port to PS One that he for some reason mm-hmm. bought like oh, at Goodwill sweet. or something. Yeah. And it like seriously, this is what the fucking Indiana Jones game looks like. Like it looks like that level of graphical fidelity. It's like it's a it's a TC. A TC, a total conversion yeah. of Quake Two yeah. for the PS One <laughs> would be amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah, whatever. And, the, it is, and, they, it's like a whip and they're including Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which is an amazing yeah. 1992 adventure. If you guys game. haven't played Fate of Atlantis and want to recline on your couch and play a sweet graphic adventure, then get the homebrew version for your. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you can, or you can buy this probably shitty. Game. Hopefully, it's not an unlockable. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be enjoyable? <laughs> yeah. Once you beat the game, feel free to. <laughs> oh my god! You beat it once, and then it's like. T- to find the true secrets, play it again on expert. On hard mode, yeah. <laughs> it shows Hitler sort of juggling the seven chaos emeralds. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Indiana Jones and the Phantom. That was um, that was one of the uh, probably one of the absolute best adventure games ever. I think. I don't know. It was a great fucking game. Yeah, that game's really good. Really, yeah. really good. Also, it looks better than the Indiana Jones Wii <laughs> game. No, it fucking does. All right. If you look at the like, I the, I saw it, the Shack News story was where I first saw it, and the you know the way they do it is they have two like a thumbnail side by side if you click on each of those default thumbnails one for fate of atlantis and one for whatever the new game's called seriously fate of atlantis from 1992 is easier on the eyes than the new indiana jones wii game like it just looks better i'm not even exaggerating i'd rather look at that game Um, i would also rather look at that game yeah so i don't know it's just we're song and sit around looking at games Speaking of Old the ones. Wii, yeah. this is just Segmania. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Electronic Arts seg. says that, oh, well, Electronic Arts says they're going to devote half of their effort to the Wii. Right. Which, I don't know. Sweet. <laughs> what? Boom, bo- boom blocks, like Night on the <laughs> boom Town. Block. <laughs> yeah. Well, they announced a new Boom Block. So Boom Block was really yeah. good. I, I wouldn't mind no, that's, that. I, that's fine. I don't expect that's. No, that won't be what set comes the of standard this. for what happens on EA Wii. No, games. it'll be Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, they announced Dead Space for Wii. That's what yes. I mean. Which that's is fine. I don't even. Word, I think yeah. that's fine. Like a lot of people on the internet. I noticed we're complaining about that already, but who really cares? Like the people who are buying that for Wii clearly don't have the other systems or they would have bought that game already. So they're not going to care that they're getting a version whose graphics are lower res or whatever. Like that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing where I don't really well, I mean, mind. It's, it's like the, whatever, a call of duty port or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, fine. Right, I have right. no problem with that stuff. Like, um, or the, uh, dead rising, the dead <laughs> rising. Yeah. Jesus. With, yeah. Well, with like three zombies. Like, yeah. The, God. <laughs> what a terrible game. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff where, you know, I'm not going to play it. That's fine. Like, it's just whatever. Like, it's if they can bring those out on that system, that's fine. But I'd rather, you know, I, I, hopefully, if EA really is going to devote half its effort to Wii, they actually do spend some time making some actual games that are suited to the platform. Mm. Um, I mean... Yeah. It's like some minigame galleries, <laughs> like a, a casual sports game. Yeah, I don't even know what I want. I don't even know what sort I want of on the Wii anymore. Virtual pets. I feel like the Wii, when it, Wii is one of those systems where, like, I, I feel like there could be a lot of really cool stuff people could be doing on it, and I just, like, wonder, what, like... <laughs> like, four years later. Yeah. We're still, we're still like, hey, like, that's, that's, look at that thing, you can wave it around, There's, there should be something that's cool. Well, sometimes there are games... <laughs> there are occasional cool games. Like, I don't know, No More Heroes is the kind of thing I would like to see more of on the Wii. Yeah, That's sure. the kind of game where it's, like, 
they you were, could just fucking go for it because yeah. like the cost like the sort of cost of entry or whatever on the Wii right. is lower exactly like you can do you can make a game that's maybe a little weirder and more out there yeah. than you could afford to do on the like it would be hard to get that game greenlit on 360 or PS3 like as much as hardcore gamers right. might want it to be on those systems like that would be just harder to do I mean you can do that on the Wii and spend less money right. and, yeah. and I feel like the game actually was a good fit for the Wii I platform in general like no, I, sure I think too. it probably yeah. would have been an inferior play experience if it was on yeah uh, I mean even just the even just it's the, rare to say that like hilarious like the jerk off job jerk off thing well, I mean, that, it's like that alone adds so much value to that game being on the wii yep yeah. you have to do it fairly frequently i mean it's pretty hilarious well um, i mean even just the stupid limited hold the weir mode up or down for the two different sword modes yeah, even that worked it, fine it's dumb that was a lot like, less obnoxious than some but it, it, it still it still was a good play style and it's yeah. like i would I kind of actually prefer that to having to click a trigger or something right to switch that it no, i agree down. it worked fine and, uh, it, I mean, I don't know if anyone's actually... I mean, I guess Mad World is, is sort of trying to be that kind of game on Wii as yeah. well. I mean, I don't know. That game seems like it might get tiresome. I think it's going to be not so good. Yeah. Every time I see it, it's just, it seems like one of those games where, you know, rather than having direct control, you wave the thing and then the animation plays and it's, you know, some crazy environment interaction deal and then you wave it again. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like very tactile. Really? I, That's yeah. interesting because that company I always associate with... Or like those guys and the games they've made, usually they're usually pretty good in the. Well, it's the kind of thing like, like with with no more heroes. You, you know, you wave the sword and he makes a well. What was it? Was it a button press for 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 attacking in that game? Yeah, like, yeah and then you wave it really for remember. you wave it for the special attacks. Right, for the, right, for, yeah, but for the special attacks, you, you wave it and there's like an instant feedback. Whereas with Mad World, it's more of an animation thing, which just I don't know. I see what you mean. Yeah, like all those things where the camera like. Yeah, goes like, down a few degrees, yeah. and then it is like a fixed. Yeah, to me. That's, oh yeah, that's that's just yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. For I mean, that wasn't really what I was thinking of the worry, but that's a valid. I think a valid concern. I was more concerned just as the stuff you do in that game. You're just gonna run out of interactions it too yeah, quickly. It's like, yeah, I guess it's cool that I'm yet again plunging a steel beam through this guy's face. But yeah, you know, I read that, a preview like yesterday or today, I think on Eurogamer that sounded yeah. fairly encouraging. That's and, cool. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll I'll definitely want to try it out. The, like the description I read in this preview sort of described the interactions in it as kind of being puzzle-like in the order you do them and the sort of combinations of stuff. And the person who was writing the preview, and I wish I could remember who it was, said that they thought that because of that, because there was a sort of way that you could actually go through this, it might it might be sustained longer because it wasn't entirely just about the moment-to-moment interactions, but there was sort of a broader thing going mm. on in levels, which... That's the most vague description I can possibly give because <laughs> yeah. I only sort of skimmed it and said, yeah. oh, well, that that sounds like I'll at least keep paying attention to this. Right. And now I'm trying to relate it to people, so I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Read Eurogamer. Stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'm keeping, I'll, I'll keep tabs on the game. I don't even I hope really good, read just, previews anymore. In general, it's nice to see something that bold on the Wii regardless of. Yeah. Sure. No, no, it's true. I mean, that's, that is... That is the closest thing I know of that someone's currently making for the Wii to something like No More Heroes, just in terms of not necessarily the gameplay, but just mm-hmm. like this is something that is just kind of crazy and, you know, yeah, it's pretty unique, really bizarre. Like, yeah. let's put it on this system where we can be a little risky. I thought World of Goo was a good fit for the Wii as well. Yeah, that was a PC game, too, though. So oh, I, I know. Not, yeah. But yeah, that but, I mean, was that's, a good that's, fit on the Wii. Yeah. I mean, I guess just because the Wii has a pointer, but yeah. 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 That was a good game. Also, World game. of Goo is sweet. Oh, yeah. Jake, you've been playing it. I've been playing a little bit of World of Goo. We've, what's we've, your What's your special name for it? World of Good. World of Good. <laughs> It'll do you a world of good. <laughs> Idle thumbs. Are you, are you playing it on the Wii or the PC? I'm playing it on the Macintosh. Oh, Ooh. you're a rebel. I am. Mm. You're rebelling. I'm rebelling. 
I actually just didn't want to turn on my PC. How's the mag? How's the Macintosh port? <laughs> it runs like it's a totally game. Different. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why I didn't Man, ask that. You guys, probably, you guys probably didn't play games on the Macintosh like in the nineties. Oh, I did. I did. I no, played, we had this I thing played, like SimCity like, on was, the Mac. I, I, I was a Mac gamer up until like ninety four. Like, how 95. the Mac. Even though the performance was not always as good, generally had better ports than almost everything because the Mac yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. do 320 by 200. So like Wolfenstein 3D and Doom and X-Wing and all right. those games, yep. Command & Conquer, uh, they, whenever they came to the Mac, they always ran at 640 by 480. Yeah, X-Men looked great. I just it's ran so, it like three so frames awesome. a second. <laughs> That's pretty And uh, all the, all like the graphical smoothing that... Uh, that emulators do now that people always jerk off about about like Scum VM or the SNES 9X. I don't 9X. like that stuff. I know, but the uh, the Mac versions all supported that like on on like your Quadra because they couldn't do 320 <laughs> yeah. by 200, so people right. had yeah. to write the, that's that's the, pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I just remember. well, I tell you, Mr. Fucking Mac elitist, circa 1995. <laughs> all I'm saying, also, uh, you know, native sound was better because people had to use wavetable because they didn't have an FM synthesis. Hmm. Mm. Just saying. I don't know what that means. You should listen to back to the one with uh, JP. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I'll, so, yeah. I'll file that away. Um, yeah. Well, so Macintoshes. I played Macintosh, but like you played Macintosh. I played like well, not, not. I didn't play Macintosh, but I played like Apple II stuff, <laughs> like Lemonade which stuff, was, like pre Macintosh. Well, like SimCity and stuff like Number that. Number Munchers and SimCity had... on the Apple II. Yeah, pretty sure they had that because mm. that game was like 1989, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know about I mean, that. maybe I'm misremembering. I thought it was, I mean, it, I could be wrong. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, Someone will games. probably write in and tell me I'm wrong. But yeah, World of Goo. Surprisingly cool. Yeah. Oh, the one thing that I did want to say about World of Goo that has nothing to do with the gameplay and has more to do with the things that I end up doing as my job is that World of Goo is really, really smooth in terms of the way it transitions between stuff and like mm. uh, just the way that the actual sort of interactions between the gameplay and all the sort of meta control stuff is really nice. And it's something that some indie games do better than other games. Like, could you elaborate? Uh, when you start the game, it's. I mean, Braid is another game that is very good at this. Of just, it, it's sort of non-traditionally structured sort of game navigation. Where World of Goose starts, it has a little bit of an opening cutscene, then just fades you up into a sort of shaded out map, and then World One lights up. You click on it, oh yeah, and it sort of flies into that. A transition happens without any loading or any other shit. Yeah, and uh, then the screen just continues to pan into the level world map. You click on that, you know, and it just stuff like that makes me really happy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and it has no bearing on gameplay so people don't give a shit about it but uh it's really nice that a lot of indie games are starting to do that and i think sometimes doing it better than other games and it especially with an indie game it does a good job i think of making you feel like you're playing something of substance that isn't made by two dudes yeah oh yeah anyway, definitely oh, boosts cool. the presentation i mean yeah it's, yeah it's just yeah that sort of stuff makes a game seem surprisingly more real than no, it, it, does, yeah, it adds a lot to it like yeah. the number of games even retail games that have a menu that looks like it came from commander keen <laughs> yeah. really, yes. well really i feel really like games high. like that are almost the most likely to be good at that kind of thing you know what i mean i feel like the bigger budget sort of game you have the more likely you are just have like a very traditional right. start menu that like it feels like when you have a game like that you don't want to start doing weird shit with like the most basic interface like once you right. once you think you have to sell a game to two million people yeah you don't want to take a chance on confusing them by the start mm, with a start menu you know what that's i mean true. it's like people know you press start and then you go up and down until you get to new game and then you press that <laughs> right and then you go to level one like that's what people know 
So you're saying the games industry is so afraid of taking a risk that they won't change the menu? <laughs> <laughs> is that wrong? Is that, no, no, it's true. Yeah, it's just kind of sad like, when you think it was, about it. It was, like, really, it was really nice. Game. They'll be so fucking confused. Well, I mean, like, I remember what? Jonathan Blow saying when he was making Braid, he's like, the, he was like, I even had to put in a, a, like sort of a little menu there, like a token menu, because yeah. Microsoft certification wouldn't let him make the game without having like a well, just I, like paying lip service to the start menu. Like, I think with Braid, he didn't you, even want to do that. If you if you leave the guy still for too long, it'll say like. Move the analog stick to walk or something like that. Yeah, well, also has that. I don't think that's what he was referring oh, really? to at the time. I, like, I forget what. Like, how, well, I know for to get certified on Xbox Live Arcade, you need to have like a uh, new game help and options. Right, that's what he was, yeah, yeah, that's you, what he was talking about. If you right, don't have exactly. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Right, and I'm sure it's the same for retail games. I'm sure it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I don't know. Some of that stuff is kind of lame sometimes, but whatever. I guess it's not that big a deal what the yeah well whatever i mean but it's nice it is i agree with you though it's really nice when you play i mean like just braid again working within the confines that well, yeah, he had to it, work in like it brings all when that, that just stuff. starts when you just start yeah and you're just there every anytime a game does that it immediately makes me it just like gives me a little tiny like jolt where i'm just like oh little man this game's gonna be a little different yeah, yeah. little big planet did little that as big well, planet as well, well right? and it also just it means that you're not wasting time with the menus. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're like, oh fuck, this is. It doesn't this give is... you. It doesn't give you a chance when, to remind well, yourself just... that you've got to like input data. It's right. just like. Well, and just when the menu interactions are fun, then you know that's whatever. It's more value, I guess. That's a stupid way yeah. to say it, but it, it is whatever. I mean, like if you go all the way back to like Command and Conquer, it was so fucking cool when you when that game installed. And then uh, you see the sort of <laughs> silent mouth, and then you configure your sound card, and suddenly yeah. it starts talking to you, and it's like, oh fuck, this is amazing! I remember I the remember installer. That. The installer for CNC was a three twenty by two hundred VGA like crazy like FMV laden uh, thing. It was like you were installing the yeah. crazy like GDI workstation software on your on your <laughs> PC. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really nice. I remember the all the, the configuration options for Rebel Assault had like happy face sad face ambivalent face like depending on how well your computer like succeeded at various like things which i thought was the funniest goddamn shit ever the fact that they identified it as an ambivalent face was very enjoyable to me but yeah that, that's 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 one thing what you're saying I'm, I'm more meant i guess when a game just starts off and doesn't burden you with menu stuff like when you start a game oh yeah and immediately are in the game like it, it is amazing how much of an impact that has on me just sort of in if nothing else, even aside from just the purely immersive effect of it, in just sending a signal to me, like, the person who made this game already wants to do something different. Even if, yep. even if they, I mean, maybe the game ends up being a very traditional game, but, you know, just even the fact there's that like they've chosen... There's like a little, chosen, like a little a sort of spark of confidence right exactly, at the beginning. Right. right. There's just, as soon as they've chosen to bypass the thing that every single other game does at the beginning, that alone just, like, sends a very small signal to my brain that's like, oh, man... Like, this is going to be an experience of some kind. Yeah. Like, hopefully it continues being that. But. Yep. Well, it's like jumping straight in the movie and putting the credits at the end. Right, exactly. You know that was, I mean? like, a fairly important, you yeah. know. Um, th like, now that's actually a choice that you make, and, like, it's actually meaningful right. whether you do that or not. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think stuff like that's interesting, and I would I would like to see more games continue to, not just, not just fucking opening titles or whatever, but just, right. I don't know, more people start to, like, make decisions about whether this thing in a game should be taken for granted. I mean, that's yeah, what Valve just... did with Perspective, like, in the first Half-Life. Like, that was them sort of choosing, like, this is a video game convention that everyone does, like, these sort of cutscenes where it just moves outside, yep. you see your character you think, like, we are going to consciously avoid that. Like, all those things only happen when a developer consciously chooses to, to, like, just leave them out of the game. Like, mm -hmm. video games are so convention-laden that 
Yep. You have to make a conscious choice. And there's, choice. there's so many weird conventions that are just yeah. there as holdovers. Exactly. That if you really stop and think, there's a lot of really easy ways that you could just tweak or chop something and have a sweet thing. Right. Well, I mean, did you guys see the video? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys see the video of uh, the guy's girlfriend playing Bioshock? Yeah, yes, it was fantastic. She's saying all the like she all the stuff she's saying is stuff that a lot of video games probably think about. Video gamers probably think about in the back of their minds, but like it would never occur to you to be a weird thing. It's like I just killed that guy for two dollars. Like the fact <laughs> that she points that out because she picks up two dollars from right. the guy, like that's that's an amazing way to think about it. I would never have actually thought about it that way. Right? She's constantly. Right? You just, just think, oh, I guess the drop is only two dollars. Yeah, exactly. God damn it! That guy only for like to, to a, someone who plays video games. It's I'm gonna fucking kill that guy right let's see how much money i get it's like <laughs> wait i didn't need to kill that fellow like he only had two dollars like I, I don't know the, the whole that you guys should look that up um readers it's i don't remember the name of the video but i'm sure if you search for you know it's like my girlfriend Bioshock Bioshock or whatever, or something. Yeah, something like that you'll find it it's it's full of just amazing exclamations like that of just really really great observations about uh all the things that occur in pretty much every video game yep um yeah, you guys want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. Oh, actually, for the break, oh. I wanted you guys to hear this hilarious thing that someone linked me on the internet. That I, <laughs> I You're ready for this, you guys? Stupid way to introduce it. But the the reason I want to it's play this YouTube is because I, I imagine like this is the kind of thing I imagine you could market to sell to someone who really sucks at multiplayer games. Like, do you guys have? I mean, I'm sh the answer is obviously yes because everyone who's ever played a video game has. <laughs> do you guys suck at multiplayer games? But no, I mean, like you know, when you're playing a multiplayer game and you just lose constantly, and it's just like, god damn it, you get to the point where it's like literally you you start to convince yourself there's nothing you could have done to win it's just like clearly it is like i don't know it was fate yeah it's just like clearly no matter what i ever do i'm always gonna lose this game and clearly that guy just like is magical and knows how to beat this beat me at this game always right. like when i play counter-strike that's how i feel it's right. like there's clearly nothing ever that could ever be done right. that would make me like fucking, even if you had the best like, luck in the world right. you would still be fucking raped exactly yeah um anyway I, one way you could market this device or this cd is this people. YouTube video. Yeah. Next time you're feeling down, feeling that no one really gets you, or you're just wanting to hear some encouraging words, well, there's a solution. You can have what you want. You can do it. The finish line is closer than you think. The Cheers to You CD is eight tracks filled with encouragement and cheering applause. Cheers it's to even you. been featured on the Ellen DeGeneres Show. We're <laughs> on your side. We're here for you. We believe in you. We guarantee you'll be feeling better about yourself and your life, or we'll give you your money back. Call 1-877-545-6715 now to order the Cheers to You CD, and you'll also receive three puzzle-shaped affirmative tokens. One says, I am courageous. Another, I am unstoppable. And the third, without me, the puzzle is incomplete. Together, all these items normally sell for $35. But right now, you can get them for $24.95. Call now, and don't forget... That's my favorite part. Hooray yeah, for you! So yeah, I pretty much need that behind me when I'm playing Counter Strike. I like, you know, I think I'm a fucking headshot. That would be the worst. You're, you're, you finally got to like, hooray for you! Oh fuck! Oh Jesus! That would be an amazing. He's you in were, the house. Like, if you were an amazing, if you were like, you know. 
just one of those fucking griefer assholes who's like when you play Quake Three, who's always just waiting for you at every spawn point and like every armor power up. If you could somehow like hack the server to broadcast well, that, I was gonna like, say, there's... Do, or just put it into your microphone jack and just have it. Right, like, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. There was, there was that company the I think player. who had, who had taken the sort of concept of the insult keychain and mapped it to a third party uh, XBLA headset. And that would be oh, right. Oh. Yeah, we well, can program. You press it the button, like, bitch, 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 <laughs> cocksucker. Hooray for you! <laughs> yeah, just turn this into the most assholeish, sarcastic. Fucking... Without me, the puzzle is incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Cocksucker, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Also, if you guys go to, uh, I think MiriamWebster.com, you can type in words and it'll say them. Like it'll pronounce words from the dictionary. Like some of the stuff is so funny. You thought it'll, it was like, sweet with your neighbors in television. Little like words that are actually in the dictionary, and it'll it has a dude that says them. It's not cocksucker in the Merriam-Webster. I don't dictionary. think cocksucker's in there, but you can get it to say oh, son, like son a of a bitch, like son of a bitch, son of a bitch. But it'll also have colloquial pronunciation. So like bitch, son of a bitch. <laughs> Some bitch. Like, it's actually got like the good old boy pronunciation in there. Like you could put those into your little like Xbox Live fucking Keith fob. <laughs> also, it'll say penis and peenies. Well, that's good. Yeah, so let's take a break. Yeah. Bitch. Son of a bitch. Some bitch. Penis. Peenies. Game. Video. Game. Yeah, that, that Ganon laugh. You know when you die in Zelda 2 and it says Return of Ganon? It has that like hardcore picture of Ganon. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. a sweet well, like, picture. With like his 80s, like yeah. the no fear yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah. Oh, video That's games. my favorite video game sound, actually, is that like... Oh, oh really? Oh, oh, oh. So hilarious. <laughs> it is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's up there with double dribble. I was just gonna say dribble dribble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why isn't that a thing that people have turned into like a sampled track? Of just all times of the NES attempted like speech or animal sounds. <laughs> what? I'm just, like that would be an amazing oh, like just, yeah. as a source for a song of like double dribble. Weird weird horrible things of the NES being stretched well beyond its actual abilities. Yeah. Someone probably has. Yeah. It doesn't cut on to the internet at large. Some web. Yeah. Alright. Compu web. So we're back. We're back. We're back. Totally back. Get ready for games. Nick, you have some games you can games? talk about, right? Nick's yeah, got a sure. game. I got games. Video games. You got games. I got game. You had like Halo Wars and Dawn of War 2? Uh, yeah. Both real-time strategy games. Yes. Real-time. In real-time. So you can... Okay, come on. All right. Yeah, I'm talking now. I actually <laughs> went out to um, well, to a hotel to play Dawn of War 2 which I've been playing for a week, but this was the co-op. I can't talk about the co-op, but I did talk to... <laughs> I brought I, up this thing yeah, that I can't, I can't tell really you talk about. about it. But I can talk about um, the interview that I did with uh, lead designer. Johnny uh, Everett? Yes. Um, he's a really cool guy. Um, what, what did he work on at Relic before this? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I mean... He, I think he was on I, Company Fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was um, pretty involved in there. Um, but I don't I don't know if he was lead designer on it or not. Um but yeah, no, it, it was it was interesting. Like, um, he was talking about a lot of the things that uh, you know we've sort of been debating over the past you know week about you know whether or not it's you know I mean there's some sense that 
they see this as a risk too in terms of simplifying Dawn of War down to what Dawn of War 2 is, you right. know. And what was interesting is that they're actually going to have player metrics where in, in the same uh, way that Valve can look at how long somebody's played, you know, the average of um, hours somebody's played through Half-Life 2, they'll be able to look at, um, and I guess this is being tracked across Steam, Games for Windows Live, and they have like an independent tracker in, in wow. the game. But they're going to be, you know, is that, I mean, what is the is that just for redundancy's sake, or what? I mean, what is I, I, the purpose I of? I don't exactly know. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I Steam guess... is going to be probably tracking, you know, um, like hours played. And then, and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, like total hours. Probably a game played, for maybe. Windows with all true skill does all of the like multiplayer, right? Sort of wins and losses and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, but but you know, the thing that he said, you know, they'll be able to look at exactly, you know, the, the thing that people picked up first. Um, in other words. Uh, when they get home with the game, you know, who, you know, if they start playing the campaign first, if they right. go to, you know, if they go to skirmish and then, you know, what people are playing on average. Um, and that that's actually going to determine where they take the game from there. Oh, that's cool. Um, I love stuff like that personally. Yeah. I, I've, I always see ga some gamers on forums get all up in arms about well, it's one of those things personal data where sort of it's ideologically like, well, seems, seems like dangerous, but yeah, but practically it's actually yeah. extremely cool and extremely helpful to developers. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can see, know. you know, and it's a really good way to to both try something new while still making sure you're not just going off the rails. It's like right. it's good that you can do that and sort of say, all right, we're going to try something that's a little weird here. But we recognize that if it just turns out to be completely untenable, we will be able to steer this back a right. little, you know. Yeah. The only thing I could see, you know, is if that sort of, you know, starts to dictate design in the same sense that a Metacritic, you know, rating might, you know. Where they where they take it too literally, yeah. you know what I mean, and 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 sort of let it overrule well, yeah, I mean, like their better judgment. You always you always that's no matter what. I mean, as a developer, I think not, not speaking as a developer, but just I think developers have to be smart about. I mean, any decision right, yeah, you make sure. on a sequel, I don't mean whether or not it's advice you, know. you get from like the head of your company, your your publisher, your producers, your fans on the forum, or metrics that you collect. Yeah, how you interpret that, I think, depends on. Yeah, you How, still need a good. Yeah. Well, they're not. You're good yeah, at what right. you do. Yeah. I mean, but I, but I, I do mean think there is because I, I yeah yeah no. I mean, I think, have no, a head on their no, for sure. I think that's a challenge I mean, for if, any yeah. developer. But it, but by the same token, I think probably any developer would agree. Playtesting is sort of the be all and oh, end all sure, yeah. of sort of figuring out if, if people actually understand shit more so than what a bunch of video game critics decide. Oh yeah, through scores. Like, I mean, I, I don't know when you when you look at just the way developers who who are always preaching the value of playtesting their games just consistently end up more playable. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, how it is. Yeah. I mean, with the video game, it's like, it's hard to get around that. It's like, how do you get around, like, watching people do something and seeing if they can do it or not? Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, you know, the, I mean, did, did you guys talk at all about specific design decisions or anything Oh, yeah, like that? definitely. Yeah. Um, I haven't read the interview yet, so I, I'm grasping here. Yeah, no, I mean, we just, you know, we had it, like, a couple hours ago, and then I wrote up the interview, so it's just kind of, like, a blur in my mind, but... Um, thought you were going to say fresh in your mind. <laughs> no. Hooray for you. No, kind of a busy day at Shack News. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, uh, God, yeah, we talked about a lot of things. Well, one of the things we talked <laughs> about was um, just sort of like charting the history of, of Relic and kind of seeing where they're going, you know. Um, it was interesting to find out that um, <clears throat> it seems like they sort of had a crisis point after Homeworld uh, came out and then they, they did the first Homeworld back well, in the no, like not after, not, not right, but you know, Homeworld came out, it was you know, great and everything, yeah. Um, and then they made Incredible Creatures, which right. just completely tanked, yeah. And, that was for Microsoft, um, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. That was when Microsoft actually published PC games, yeah. Hey, oh god, 
I anyway. kind of want to talk about that later. Yeah, but, let's, yeah. we should probably. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, and then they made Coming of Heroes, and I guess that was just, you know, uh, uh, an incredibly difficult, you know, project for them. In, in well, terms were, of just, I mean, there are quite a few years between Homeworld and yeah. Company of Heroes, like six years in between that. Yeah. I mean, they made Dawn of War before Company of Heroes. They did, yeah. But, but I was sort of skipping ahead. <laughs> but um, just, you know, the work that went into that game, and I guess, you know, I asked them, did it sell real well? And I think Which it, company? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it sold, you know, at an average, you know what I mean? And, uh, Which for a PC game some... can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And so it was interesting to see that, you know, they made they probably made a very clear choice to sort of, you know, take what worked out of Company of Heroes and sort of apply it to Dawn of War, which yeah. clearly was the franchise that, you know, was going to have legs for them. Really? Because um, I always feel like Company of Heroes got so much more... I don't know, just buzz and kind of notice than Dawn of War. Oh, got, got, yeah, well, critical That's true, praise. I mean, you critical hear about praise, people, but not sales. People playing yeah. games, you hear about more people playing Dawn of War. I think. Really? Yeah. Was never, oh, yeah. I Dawn never, of War was a big deal. I mean, that really? sold really well. I mean, I, and I love the Warhammer universe, so I don't. You know, I mean, I. Yeah. That's cool, but I just wasn't aware of that. I don't think people pay attention to the fact that it says Warhammer at the top. No, no, I realize that. <laughs> I'm just saying. My point is that, like. Yeah. Even though it's a game that I already thought was interesting, like I still wasn't aware that more people. That I don't know. I just always heard more about Company of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I, I asked him, you know, what do you, there's so many elements of Company of Heroes in Dawn of War 2 that it almost seems like another iteration of Company of Heroes. And how do you then go back to Company of Heroes and and sort of keep what that is and, and make a sequel? And I, I don't know if they will, you know, I, I don't know if, huh. but um, That's, and I, and we sort of touched on Homeworld, which, uh, you know, I, they you know, they own the IP uh, for people right. who aren't familiar with it, but yeah, they got I, it back recently. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't expect anything. You know, I mean, you don't think there's one in the works? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I think Homeworld I, HD remix, <laughs> Super Homeworld. Well, I mean, we were talking about complexity, you know, and as as far as Dawn of War Two goes, and um, and uh, you know, I mean, it was a, it's obvious what they you know what they did with Dawn of War that you know they're trying to simplify it, streamline it for a new audience. Yeah. Homeworld was just the exact opposite. I mean, right. that game was incredibly complex. But like Homeworld um, societies. <laughs> yeah i mean he said you know if we were going to do it we would completely reimagine it. i mean you'd have yeah. to you know so i mean he would make just... you hate it <laughs> probably yeah it's funny talking about about this with you well actually i mean i actually wanted to ask also did you did you present to him? you might not have wanted to do this because it's the kind of thing that other sites have already done but did you present him with like specific criticisms people have had of the beta so far and Kind of their um, reaction. I mean, other sites have done that, so it wasn't necessary. But I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, we, I, not in that specific interview. We talked previous, you know, prior to the interview, just about random things. I mean, they're yeah. doing a day day one patch for the game, and you know, we sort of touched on that a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the, you know, one of the things specific things he brought up was the fact that you know they didn't really know um, the multiplayer maps that they designed. They weren't really sure about what um, uh, whether those would would play well at all, and it turned out that they didn't. <laughs> So okay. the first, I mean, they had too many choke points, I guess, and that's a pretty big criticism about I guess. the maps currently. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So um, uh, that was one thing that they directly addressed. They're releasing two free maps, um, like within the first week of launch. Yeah, that are you know very open, and so you know that's cool. Yeah, I'm not. They're gonna do. Yeah. They're gonna do free maps. They're gonna do you know free little updates and and, and stuff like that. And then there'll also be uh, paid DLC. Um, which will be maybe missions or you know yeah. things like that, and there. But but like I said, they're they're going to determine what that will actually be, whether that will be you know right, right, right. Um, 
Yeah, the I mean, I've I've read a couple interviews about about uh, on this game, and one of the and I, I've been, this is the game I've played most over the last basically ever since this beta got announced. It's been the game I've played the most. I've played the shit out of Dawn of War Two beta. I really really like it. So yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm liking it more and more. Yeah, that's that's cool because I mean, and I, and yeah, I, I already kind of liked a lot of the changes they made. Um, I like the fact that this game feels like a hybrid of an RTS. And like a node-based action game. Yeah. Like I, I don't really even look at again. And I'm saying this as someone who, admittedly, has a very different frame of reference because I didn't play a lot of Dawn of War. I played some of the single player, and that was about it. Um. So you know, I, I can't speak for the from the perspective of someone who is like really invested into that game's mechanics. But I, I really like the Warhammer universe, so I was kind of interested in it from that standpoint because I, as a huge dork, used to play the Warhammer tabletop games back in the '90s, and, um the just the the feel of the game like to me it, it wasn't so much they took an rts and took stuff out it's they made a game that's in between an rts and an action yeah. game and I, that's kind of the angle i came at it from just yeah. because that was just the situation i was in like based on my game history and so i really like how it plays the the biggest fault i, I would say i have with the game is if you're on a team that is not interested yep. in working together yep. it's you're it's garbage we like, talked about that actually <laughs> oh um, yeah yeah and, uh, you know, I sort of asked him what, you know, where did you make the distinction? Because I think part of the issue with that is that they've segmented the races to the point where, you know, if you're not cooperating, you're missing out on a lot of the, you know. You're racist. <laughs> <laughs> they've segregated yeah. the races. Yeah. Did I say segregated? Uh, you said, <laughs> you said segmented. 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 Okay. I didn't know if I just slipped into Jake like racist. in that blank. Verb, verb, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> There's a machine. <laughs> it's cool. That's gone and now. It's off. For a second, a weird probe was sort of reaching towards <laughs> Nick's eye, but it retracted <laughs> into the wall, so that's good. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I... Um, also, just... Oh, the, you know what else we talked about was... That? just was something you and I were talking about, I think, was um, the fear that... The, the t and I think maybe we touched on this the last podcast or maybe one before, but just the fear that you can have in a StarCraft match when you're playing somebody else and you're just... Right, you, the, you there might be a silent right, rape occurring. Yeah. Right, the, the complete panic and how the, that was something that they specifically... When the fog of war lifts. It's yeah, oh, you're just like, oh, fuck, shit. I'm yeah. screwed. That was something Hooray that they spe very specifically wanted to to address with uh, <laughs> with the 3 versus 3 gameplay. I think they did a really good job of that. Yeah. I, the, I mean, in the game, I mean... They wanted it to be, I think what he said, you know, they wanted it to be that when you win, you're like, oh, okay, great. And when you lose, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, it's sort you, of narrowing yeah. that range of, the, right. you know? Well, the, the, um, <laughs> they want you to be sort of ambivalent. No yeah. The, well, well, to <laughs> a certain extent. The, I mean, the rewards that they wanted to, to give the gamer were, uh, you know, like new items and shit like that. Rather than being like, I want a round. It's, you know, I made my dude look cool. Yeah. There's no thumbs up or thumbs down. You just always sort of get the hand waving. Well, like, it, the more, yeah, the more, yeah, you, yeah, the more yeah. you win, you get extra shit that goes in your characters, but yeah. they don't affect gameplay. It's just like, my guy looks fucking rad. Yeah. Like, you know that my guy has kicked a lot of ass in the past because he's full of crazy like armor. Skulls yeah. Yeah. chained around him. Um, but yeah, they, one. I mean, just because of the nature of the game, the fact that it's control point based and not you kill the guy. I mean, I think there is well, there an is, annihilation is, mode, but I haven't played that. Mode. But yeah, um, because of that, the person who wins always has a lot more points just by the nature of the game. So the person who wins, his score at the end is like when it goes to the post-game like, like lineup points screen, above the other yeah, dude. It's, it's like, always like, it's like a tiny margin. Oh, no, I think it's the opposite of that. 
What? The, the losing team oh, always has... Oh, the losing team, yeah. yeah the losing, I mean within the teams, though. Oh, within the teams, right. Yeah. But the, the losing team always has, like, 25% of the points the winning right. team has. It's always right, like... Yeah. You, it looks like does you it get slaughtered. Does it count them up on that screen? Like, yeah, blow it. Does it go like... No, it doesn't no, count it doesn't, it, doesn't count. it doesn't do, like, the StarCraft, like... <laughs> just like... Yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be demoralizing. Humiliating yeah. style. And it just keeps... That's what it's like Ding. in Left That's what it's like in Left 4 Dead. I love that, though. It's like... You have... Your like, team oh, got twenty five points. Yeah, the yeah. opposing team got four thousand eight hundred. Right. Like, how the fuck does that happen? I play. I've been playing a lot of Left 4 Dead too, and it's like in versus. If you get, if your team loses by a lot, you lose. You lose by a fucking ton. Yeah. You lose by like a thousand percent. It's it's like <laughs> stuff is so fucking funny to me. It's it, pretty it, awesome. It does make you feel like a complete. It shit. makes you feel like a fucking the, ass. The, the you need the hooray so for funny. you guy in the background there, <laughs> fucking cheering you, you up. You can just see the game just. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I will say though, I've been playing the, the two. I mean, I've, in addition to Dawn of War, I've also been playing a fair amount of Left 4 Dead, and I've finally been getting good at the the versus mode, which mm. I didn't used to like. Really? And, yeah, because it's like oh, that's my favorite. I don't play anything else. That's now I'm playing most of it, more of it these days. But once I, I'm realizing, once you actually get good at versus and you're actually coordinating with your with your buddies, it's incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Cool. Um, that game's. I mean, I guess like you know, Dawn of War. It's obviously very team dependent. So if you're Especially if you're playing as the zombie team mm-hmm. in Left 4 Dead, if you don't coordinate, you're fucking screwed. Yeah. Because you, you know, take a couple bullets and you're dead. Also, they added all the stat tracking stuff to Left 4 Dead in Steam where it tracks all your right, yep. headshots and stuff and like all your stats with weapons. Tongues lashed and yeah, you know, they, that's tracked in Steam. Did they take it away? Hmm? I don't, mine's not there anymore. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Because I love that stuff. You got too good. Yeah, right. Too many headshots. You got more than 65,300 whatever the two to the power of 16 or whatever it is. Can't count them in the system. Hooray for you. Hooray for you. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, Halo Wars. Yeah. The other RTS. The other one. The one that is probably not as good. No. (laughs) What do you think about Halo Wars? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's the game that you make when somebody says make a Halo, uh, RTS on a console machine. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. That's a ringing endorsement. Hooray for them. Hooray for them. Yeah, no, it's, uh. What have you been playing of it? Uh, just skirmish, you know, and I've played skirmish before, but I, I, you know, I played through the campaign. No, just just against the, uh, you know, AI. A robot. Yeah, a robot. What did you think about the campaign? (laughs) Because with a game like that, I'd probably only really be interested in the campaign. I don't think I'd want to play a console RTS multiplayer very much, especially when there are PC RTSs around. But I mean, if the campaign's good, that could be... It's, you know, it's just... Boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's just so bland, you know, yeah. is the problem. You yeah. know what's interesting, though? Um, uh, the Gamma Sutra piece that you guys ran on Ensemble, yeah. uh, you know, specifically mentioned what you know Halo Wars used to be, which was, you know, a game codenamed Phoenix. Yeah. Um, which was, uh, I guess, a Martians versus uh, humans RTS, right. which immediately sounds more interesting to me than than Halo. <laughs> right. like, well, there's, I mean, like, well, as, as, got as those... overused as Martians versus humans is, like, just I would well, you, much rather. You've got play that those game. like if Russian you just guys. Skinned it, I would probably be enjoying it more. You've got, <laughs> yeah, you've got those Russian guys making uh, Stalin versus Martians. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that game looks that, that could be really yeah, awesome. That could be awesome. Also, I, 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 I have to say, in Killzone 2's defense, I do like the fact that the enemies you fight are like weird 
fucking space Nazis. Like, right, yeah. I, I like the fact that they have not like the Nazi officer hats. Like their officers have those, right. and like <laughs> the they have all this cap. weird like red and black like iconography. It's I, I enjoy space that. Nazis. Like if you're gonna make a game that's like full of stupid fucking bros, you might as well have them fight space Nazis. <laughs> like why the hell not? I don't know. Like it's hilarious. That's really funny to me. I, I in fact. That's a th- I wish they would have not taken the, that game so seriously. Like mm-hmm. I kind of feel like when you're making a game that you're investing a lot into dramatic cutscenes and like yeah. you're trying to make things where your guy dies and it's like supposed to make you like I don't I feel like you should you should actually have a good story. Just if you're not gonna have a good story, then feel free to just go fucking hog wild, right, but actually do it. Bros versus actually the do space it for Fuhrer. real. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, I don't know. I find this like stupid like middle ground that every video game takes to be so dumb. Yeah. The story like, it just always ends up being so ridiculous and, like, not – I don't know. Like, does anyone actually get invested in those characters, like, seriously, for real? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It'll make you this. cry. This is just – this is, like, every video game. It's not yeah. even Killzone. It's just everything. Halo Wars. Um, so, anyway. The problem with Halo Wars is is just that, you know, it's – The Here campaign really is not all that dissimilar from, from, from Dawn of War's campaign, but – it's just the way. First of all, I don't want to play an RTS on a on a console. It's just as as well as you know, Ensemble designed it as as you know, it, it does work you know admirably well. But it it's just it's still fucking obnoxious. You know, I mean, yeah. y- you can you know, you can try and put a round like, peg into a square no, hole, like and it, you, you can kind of like get, you know, you shove know, it in there. But like, I think it's, it's fair to say that you know, like. Plot, like third person platformers work. control better with an analog stick you know like it's fair like there are some of those comparisons that are just fair to make it's like it's just awkward if no you're matter pointing how and well you, units, you do yeah. it you know I I still don't want to do it and yeah. um, it, you know I don't know what, what can you say about Halo Wars yeah <laughs> The, the campaign is. I mean, I can I can talk about what I what I played previously in you know in preview events and stuff. And it's just you group your guys together and you click on a bunch of dudes and they go fight and that's it. You know what I mean? It it loses. It doesn't have that tactical element. <laughs> right. That, no, I agree. Because I've, I've played. There are no yeah. tactics. It's just you know. I mean, your it's guys you build can, your base. You build guys in your base. You go and attack the other dude. Like yeah, that's it. If you have if your guys are strong, it's, rock, it's very simple. Rock paper scissors right. RTS design. But you're and, there, there's no. I mean, do you think? Even though that's off-putting to you, do you think that means it's going? Is it the kind of is it the kind of simple game like that that is going to appeal to people? Like, is a dude going to be like sweet? I don't know. But the thing that I wonder is why? Why like asking me what kind of bone a dog likes? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ! But see, I mean, Jake, I think that I think that there might be people who want to do that, but I, w- I wonder why. I feel like if what you want to do, no, seriously, I feel like if what you want to do is just just have some guys that you're controlling, like from a from a separate, like detached perspective, you might as well be playing like an action RPG or something that is just like really about that instead of trying to like act like it's yeah, a strategy game. You know what I mean? It's like, and you know, even just. Coming at it from the perspective of somebody who just wants to play like Halo in a different, you know, in a different uh, game style, I, I really don't think it works all that well. You know what I mean? It's just it. You see a little Spartan on the ground and you just go and you know, and that's that's like it's so. Okay. What's, what's he doing? Wow, totally awesome! You know, the one thing I will say though, <laughs> <laughs> the, the score is actually really good. The strangely music? enough, yeah, huh. I don't. The know. high score screen is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you yeah. meant at first. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. By the way, this is so out of place, but I, I can't this even stop talking sick. or thinking about it. Yeah, I know. But speaking of good scores. You're going to talk about this movie? I'm going to talk about this fucking movie. What? I want to see, like, I don't know. I saw this amazing movie yesterday called, or on Sunday called uh, Sweet Smell of Success at like a oh. local film noir festival at the Castro Theater, which is this great, like, old timey theater in town in San Francisco. And it's just like, 
the score is by um, Elmer Bernstein, and it's just uh, this crazy film noir brass band that just has the classiest, most just like sock you in the gut, just like direct to your to your fucking insides. Just guy in a fedora walking the dark streets of New York soundtrack imaginable. And it's like, I wonder why that vibe is not done more in video games. Like Max Payne kind of had some of that mm. and everyone seemed to love that game. And I just wonder why. I mean, that game was didn't go the whole hog in that respect, but yeah. it just makes me wonder hog. why. Yeah, we'll have a it makes me wonder why more games haven't explored that 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 whole theme and, and setting and feel. Cause I don't know, it seems it seems pretty fitting. It requires really it requires class. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Ouch. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> like two dudes with guns blowing up a billion aliens. That is that's the antithesis of class. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Unless you can choose the fighter class. <laughs> hey! Come Good on, on you! Uh, yeah. Wow. You, oh. Yeah. We're moving on. Edit. Oh, speaking of Left 4 Dead, Valve sold uh, 1.8 million units at retail. That's I'm yeah, pretty impressed job, by that Valve. actually. Like that's a lot of units. That is a lot I, I don't usually think of Valve games, at least recent Valve games, because they're doing these smaller, like more frequent things. I don't mm -hmm. usually think of them selling Left 4 Dead. Two million though, units. Like was a thing. No, it was a big deal. That game it was. was very heavily. Yeah, it does make me really want to know yeah, what the Steam very were. Exactly. I'm really it, curious it must how much have also it's done on fucking Steam. well on Steam. Yeah, it's been the top Steam seller for I mean, almost was, every week since it was released. And it's, they, I mean, they told me when I was there nine months ago or so that at the time they almost reached equal figures for their online sales as with their retail sales. <laughs> so, I mean, I wonder right. if it maintained. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But they clearly sold hundreds of thousands of units at the very least. Yep. So on Steam, I mean. So I'm, I well, the 360 SKU will. Skew yeah, that certainly sold more. No, yeah, I know, I understand that. But Simultaneous I, console yeah, launch. Yeah. Surely, I helps. think I think it was 1.1 million on the console, and then right. probably 700 on the PC. That's plus, not bad, even. No, it's not. No. Plus whatever they sold on PC on the Steam. So yeah. cool. I don't know what they. Yeah, they, obviously they don't release those numbers. Sweet, but, Left for Dead. Yeah. Great. So anyway, well, you guys want to do some reader mail? Yeah, we should do some sure. reader mail. Okay. Mail from you, our readers. Hooray for you. You got to stop. <laughs> that, God, that has to be contained All right, within, this, within this episode. My bad. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Hooray for uh, you. Thanks. Tommy writes, um, my question is this. Do you think the seeming overabundance of shooters is a function of today's zeitgeist? Clearly, the genres become popular with the Halos and Calls of Duty getting as... I like that he said Calls, calls of, of Duty. Duty. That's yeah, good. that's good. <laughs> getting as much attention in online time as they do. But at the same time, some of the most ambitious game designers pick the genre. Levine with Bioshock, Valve with Half-Life games, uh, Clint Hawking and Far Cry 2, Warren Spector and Deus Ex, etc. Even Bethesda's RPGs have some roots in FPS. Why is that? Is it a reflection of today's genre of choice, or is it the genre that really offers us as close a shot at meaning and significance and even achieving some kind of artistic status as a sub question do you think other genres could shake someone up the way that the hospital for example in rapture could and bioshock uh can the core mechanics of a real-time strategy game or a hack and slash rpg do that same thing maybe they can and they're just not popular enough maybe these genres don't appeal to the to the people who like to shoot things i'm curious what you professionals think shake thanks again up. cheers tommy is what is what he said yep i think that's a really good um question actually because I was, th I was thinking about this the other day coincidentally I mean, I, I think there is something very immediate about the perspective. Well, yeah, the fact that the, it's, it's that it's ostensibly you, even if you're sure. sort of playing the persona of a different character. Right. It's I mean, just the fact that you're in the middle of the environment. Yeah, like and you, you need something, you know, to give you a little perspective, so you have to have a gun. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> what else are you going to have? You know, yeah. like a pen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pen is mightier than the gun. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the... It's it's a sort of cool thing about games with the type of the type the type of sort of immediacy and the type of I guess effect or emotional impact or whatever that a first person game has. Uh, I think third person games have like sort of a, a things of equal potency, but they're different. Like in a third person game that's done well, more than more than it sort of being about the experience that you're seeing through the character's eyes. Good ones do actually make you relate to the character, or like right. you find yourself trying to role play a little bit, or like the gameplay mechanics will sort of enable you to sort of behave the way that you think that character would behave in first-person games. Maybe that's the case, but I always just feel like, hey, I'm playing as curious guy who's looking around at stuff, <laughs> yeah. and then like when shit becomes awesome, it's awesome. But it's it's not. I mean, I do think there is a certain type. Like the the tram ride in the original Half Life, I don't mm-hmm. think could be done in any other genre. No, other than a first person. That's totally true. I mean, not necessarily shooter, but a first person game. Yeah. Um, there, th- I think also one frequently kind of something that that a certain type of game designer who wants to achieve a certain type of feel, a thing they they sometimes aspire to is removing as many interface elements as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think first person is the only way to. F- fully reach that right, simply because not, there's not a player on screen right, as your interface. Like yeah. there is theoretically, I mean, hardly any game ever does this, but I mean, theoretically in a first person game, you could have literally zero interface elements anywhere on the screen except for a hand or whatever, which yeah. is still part of your character itself. Um, so I think that's probably part of it. I think there is just something you have like a health meter on a boob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. And I think there's, you know, it's also interesting, I guess, that a lot of third, that third person games, a lot of them are going more towards cropping the camera in closer and mm-hmm. even moving closer shoulder, to that yeah. first person kind of feeling. I, it's, it's an interesting question. Though. I was thinking about this the other day. I was actually thinking about it in the context of strategy games, um, which the guy mentions, because I was thinking about kind of how I'm so not interested in the story in games like Halo or Killzone or Gears of War, like, like how I just don't care about that. A, stra- but I, a strategy game, though, that, that, that could have a crazy emotional impact, I think DEFCON is an extreme example yeah, of that. an extreme Like, example. I mean, that game yeah. abstracts is so far away that it's not... I mean, that's the whole point of that game, is that you're just looking at a console and sort of just blowing up weird Soviet cities. Well, the cool thing about DEFCON is that but it's that sort of... just demoralizing. Like, you play <laughs> exactly. it and you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, man, the, the first time person. I played that game, it was incredibly depressing. I was like, oh... Well, just God. Yeah, but, I mean, but it was that, great. I mean, it was like but invigorating that, that in that respect. Is a, is a style of like it gets a response that you could never get out of a first person or third person but, game. But see, the funny thing about DefCon is that it is essentially a first person game. I mean, the conceit of the pre- no, seriously, the conceit of the presentation of that game is you're in this war zone. This is what you're seeing, and all the sounds are around you. That's how I interpreted that game. Yeah, I, you look so fucking pained and disgusted. Jesus, that's, no, that's that's fine, <laughs> but that's such a cheat. What do you mean? <laughs> I, mean I, okay. I guess I guess that's true. No, I mean I think that is very related to why a first person game has that feeling. It's like this uh, is okay, what fine. you would feel in that that's, scenario. That's, that's like totally fair this enough. is the thing that's in front of your face. You hear the sounds of an actual room. Like imagine you're in this room. Like the cool thing about that game is that these scenes of like insane or like rather these symbols of amazing destruction and death are represented purely as this is, you know, the little alert you're getting on your computer. And there's presumably like staffers in the background walking around. Like you can hear them shuffle around and people moving papers and little beeps on the consoles. Like, yeah, no, that's, I don't know. That's, was, that's, that's, that's totally true. That's fine. It's just funny to, I agree with everything that you're saying, but 
it makes me it makes me sad because you said, well, obviously it's because DefCon is a first person game. I didn't say it like that, but yeah, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. That's that's fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah. But I mean, from a that, the presentation is first person, but the gameplay in that game yeah, is yeah, totally right, right. It's totally a strategy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it's you. It's true. No, but yeah. Mm. yeah. Also, side diversion, as you said, the sound design in DefCon is fucking awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really amazing. Games that should receive awards for good sound design include DefCon. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, what was I going to? Oh. Uh, on sort of another, I guess a different sort of angle of what that guy asked. I was thinking, I was thinking the other day because I've been playing a lot of Dawn of War, and I'm like, really, the story in this game is equally retarded, as you know, to the story in all those other stupid first-person shooters that yeah. have stupid stories. Like, why do I not mind it? Like, why why do I think about that in Killzone and Halo and Gears of War and not really care in a strategy game? And I guess, I guess the answer is because the thing that the strategy game is providing is very abstract. Like it is sort of just, you are playing this purely for the strategic element of it. Whereas when you are put inside the perspective of a character, there is some kind of expectation of, especially because you know, you're going through this area, you've got your squad mates with you. Like you get the sense the game is trying to make you care about its story. Whereas in it, almost a role playing distinction. I mean, you're in that role, you know what I mean? That's true. So I don't know. For like I mean, when an strategy- advisor comes up on screen in yeah. a real time strategy, you don't you don't start tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's why it's like a double. It's an unfair standard on my part because obviously real time strategy games still try to do that. Actually, in Myth, the Bungie games, yeah. when that dude said casualty whenever someone died, at first that actually freaked me out because it was weird that oh, you really? referred to as a casualty. Yeah. It's like oh, like like a war. Well, yeah, I, I was like, oh man, he's like being shipped back to his mom in a right. box. This, yeah. this is terrible. Jesus. The terrain's deforming. I always enjoyed Lord of the Realms when you could uh, click on a building and it said slaughter all villagers and then you just hit yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was always funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I was talking to Chris Taylor years ago. Before. But I didn't care. But if I was, you know, on the ground, you know, in a first person game and there was the hut and I slaughtered them all, I would be crying. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was, okay, I was talking to Chris Taylor, no, no, no. who who is the uh, Gas Powered Games um, creative director and yeah. and uh, founder. And this was several years ago before. Um, I'm sorry, not Total Annihilation. Uh, Supreme Commander came out, and he was saying actually the reason that they made all of the units in that game robots is because he felt sort of irresponsible if he actually made them all humans. Like, if you didn't actually want to make a game where you're just sitting there killing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of humans all the time, so he just made them all robots, which I thought was kind but of interesting. they're robots that can feel, which is terrible. Right, they are? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a part of a cutscene. I love... Oh. <laughs> Every it time burns. you kill one, it, it uses the crazy strategic zoom to, like, go yeah. all the way in. Right. Oh. No, it's, it's got that little window... <laughs> Like the little box in the corner. He's of the just screen. finishing yeah. a letter to his robot wife. Please and oh. yeah. Jesus. By the way, speaking of all that zooming in Dawn of War Two, it irritates oh, the zooming. shit out of me that I can't zoom out any further. And the funny thing is, oh yeah, because I'm too. so used to PC. Like it's been a really strong trend in PC games over the last couple of years right, to the like, ultimate zoom, the, zo- the scroll zoom, you know, which, scroll is, which is great yeah. to me. That's one of the yeah, best awesome. interface improvements Down to the on the PC. And the grass. Well, that's the part I don't care about. That's the right. funny thing to me is all the people on forums. We're like, God, I wish they'd unlock this camera. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And then the next sentence is, right. I just can't zoom in enough. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Are well, you they serious? want to empathize with the, with the commander. No, they're yeah, like, they want to see the robot want, turn on the Wally sad yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding? And so then they released a patch for the Dawn of War 2 beta like a few days later. And it's like camera unlocked. Oh, and I'm like, sweet. And I go in and I'm like, wait a second. I can't zoom out any further. Yeah. And then I try zooming in and you can literally go all the way up to the ground. Like the camera can just be on the ground. 
And I'm like, what? You can see a low, like a low res texture of a foot occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, sweet. Like, you, seriously, you can. Thank just, God, I can zoom in so yeah, far yeah. that I can get a higher res than the textures. No, you can clip through the dudes. I'm just like, oh, that's what? really nice. Like, why would you need? Why would any? And people on forums were like, yeah, thanks, Relic. I'm like, what? Why didn't you guys ask for the other thing? If they're gonna listen to you, like, why didn't you? Yeah. God damn you guys, you stupid internet people. <laughs> anyway, so I guess that's a question that we answered. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't really remember what it was. Jose, <coughs> what? Jose in Anchorage writes, um, well, what are the people with a PlayStation going to do without the Fallout 3 add-on? I even live in Anchorage, and now I will be left in the dark. What? I knew I should have bought an Xbox. PlayStation is a waste of time. <laughs> what? I don't even know how to... What's he going to do? I don't know. What's he going to do? He's going to not buy the Fallout 3 DLC, I guess. I don't know. All right, next question. Oh. Um, Steve, what the fuck was He's that? He's in the dark. Steve, Steve Miller writes... Yo, I was listening to January 28th podcast, 28th podcast, and you guys mentioned Xenogears. That got me thinking. I was a huge fan of this game, played it for many hours, and was happy as a clam. I remember a section of the game where you progressed in a huge base, and on exiting the game, you had a huge, or the base, you had a huge boss fight. The boss was brutal. I was never able to overcome him. Exiting the game. I like that this guy says, I was never able to overcome him. That's a great verb to use in that context. Mm. I approve, Steve. Or, yeah, Steve. Um, and to make it worse, you couldn't exit the building, so I was essentially stuck in the game. This has happened in a few games I've played, but this was the most glaring and annoying in all memory, because I did love the game and wanted to complete it. So my question is, have you guys become stuck in these in games because of some hurdle, insane boss fight or level, and how did you cope with it? P.S. I still have this save. Steve Miller. I quit. I usually stop. I usually yeah, I stop playing the game. Happens, <laughs> well, seriously, and that's game, why all like, games are now really easy. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you get? Like, I mean, well, like Jake has an example. Well, of this. The, 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 I, I've brought it up on a thousand podcasts because it's it's Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, which I like, but I really hated the combat and was bad at it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Neo Gaff. I'm sure you'll tell me that if I just press the button a different time, it would actually be really easy, <laughs> but. I was retarded at it, and yeah. then when it got to the... The, internet, the designers read your forum post, and they made Prince of Persia. <laughs> they, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that game got to this part right towards the very end of the game. I, I loved that game. I was so into it. I like came yeah. home from work and just played played it and just thought I was burning through it. And then I got to this part where you're in a room, all the doors lock, and then the room sort of just starts spinning up it's a like really an elevator. high... Yeah, it's yeah. like an elevator. And uh, it's just nothing but... Dudes falling from the ceiling, raping you. There's no platforming. It's just a million dudes, and you just, you know, get sorted, fall to the ground. Before you can even get up to play again, another dude kicks you or whatever. And uh, I tried it so many times, and then I just said, no, and I never played it ever again. <laughs> and then I lost the memory card, so I... <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. That game was one of my favorite endings ever. I, I mean, know. I guess you've I've, seen it. I've seen the ending now. since then. That's too but, bad, but yeah, I know. I, yeah. It's fair enough. What can you do? I mean, I've had that situation happen too. And I, yeah, it's like actually, it's not, this, it's this not year, like I just say, you know, oh, fuck this is... once and put it away. I, yeah. I fucking tried. Right. What's the worst is when you're playing a game that right. you, you don't hit like. <laughs> right, Jake. <laughs> when you hit like just, just some random thing that, that, you know, I mean, it's not like a boss fight, but just some random enemy encounter that just seems a little unfair. Then you stop playing and you're like, I'll come back to that in like a day or two. And then you never go and back you to forget, it. Like, right. That was yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back, but <laughs> right. you don't realize it at the time, yeah, you know? Right. And then like two years later, you're like, why did I never finish that game? Oh, yeah, it's because I died well, that one time. I've, I can't remember uh, the, the, the exact like, game. I've I... had situations like that happen where then you go, maybe, maybe I missed that game. And you pick it up and it's like, <laughs> you just rape that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. What the hell? weird <laughs> yeah that's that's a good, yeah that's funny i mean that's what's cool that's what's cool when valve actually releases their data like they did this mm. for the episode the half-life yeah. two episodes and they showed you maps with color coding right. of yeah, like yeah, yeah. the more intense the color the more people died at that point on the right. overhead map that was fascinating like that's amazing data um 
yeah, that was really, really cool, cool to know like 33% of people died here. Like 45% of people died here. Like 10% of people stopped playing entirely here. Like that's Have they put amazing. any of those out for Left 4 Dead? No, because the game changes well, that's, that's so much every time. that's what I'm curious about. You... I mean, how much of it is the AI director versus oh, how, how much, much of it is, is just the, the level, the choke points and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah. It also, yeah, that yeah, would be cool. Um, so, yeah, we have had that experience. I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head, but I've definitely had that experience. This year, 2009, and it wasn't a New Year's resolution. It was just, I've happened to, around the time of 2009 starting, decide I need to beat more games. So, I've beat a lot of games this, this year. I beat Killzone 2. I beat Mirror's Edge. Um, Fallout 3, I forget if it was last year or this year. Um, now I'm going to forget everything. I don't know. I made a list of like eight games. I've already beat like eight games, which is already ridiculous for me. So I, I give myself credit for that, for, for not succumbing to those stupid times. Sweet. You should start taking pictures of yourself with the, the end screen and post them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Um, in the Nintendo Power. Yep. Pretty much. Tim Asty, uh, formerly of oh, Garage Games, writes, Dear Bay Area Game Aficionados, I saw that You Have to Burn the Rope was one of the nominees for this year's IGF Innovation category. This seems wacky. I'm not disagreeing that it was a great statement about playing games. I liked it. Uh, YHTBTR was a good, cute idea and well put together. However, nominating for an award in innovation seems like a stretch. What was the innovation? The gameplay was a side-scroller, the humorous acoustic sing-along credits have been done in Portal, etc. Uh, I get the whole games are too hard these days and you should be outside the real outside in the real world thing. That just seems like a social statement, not a potentially award-winning video game innovation. I like the game, but I feel crazy for questioning why this got a nomination. Help me understand. The fact that I'm even questioning this could be the innovation flying right over my head. <laughs> rock on, uh, rock hard, air guitar solo here. That's a, that's actually kind of hilarious, like because that is kind of fair enough that uh, you have to burn the rope getting that award could be like the emperor's new clothes of of the <laughs> right. IGF, but. Yeah, I no, it's, this is the thing. I'm actually an IGF judge, and I agree with him. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I didn't. I, I didn't. I thought that game was really clever, and pretty, it was pretty yeah. hilarious. But I don't know if I would not. But it wasn't it. innovative. Like, it's it, like, it seems it's like, like it seems like a sort of. Then this is a harsh, stupid forum thing to say, but it's like it is a waste of a slot in a way for the, for the innovation award. I agree. What was the uh, game for people who don't? Basically, know? the game is, and it's not a big deal to be spoiling this at this point. It's like you're a dude. There's a boss battle at the beginning of the game. The game says you have to burn the rope. You get to a boss. The boss battle is... The you boss have to, is like four screen widths later. Also. Right. It's like this game takes like a two minutes right, to okay. beat. You get to the boss. There's a chandelier over the boss's head. You burn the rope. The chandelier's on and it falls down and kills him. The funny thing is a lot of players, even after seeing the message, you have to burn the rope and seeing that the game is called, you have to burn the rope, try to attack the guy, hit him with a sword, like shoot him, do all this. It's actually pretty this hilarious. Like one of those like IQ tests that you get in like a chain email. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? But it, it's like, done with like cool pixel art and it's sort of just, it's oh, fun. I said I, blue. You know, did you see? Did you see the set the rope on fire cartridge from no. the the TIG Source Independent Game Source uh, website? They do like they do competitions where a bunch of indie game makers just sort of make bullshit games. And they had a retro demake contest, which was make a sort of false bootleg predecessor on a previous system. Oh, yeah. Someone made uh, like there's uh, like Soundless Mountain, which is an NES version of Silent Hill or something like that. <laughs> I, but someone did one called. Uh, you have to set, it was like set the rope on fire cartridge and it's a game where it's basically even more pixely crappy version of you have to burn the rope. But when you do, like it turns into a crazy fucking class two, like boss <laughs> and That's great. the game just goes insane and yeah. rapes you and is like a classic, horrible, hard boss battle. That's right. really good. That's, cool. That's pretty it's, awesome. It's, a, it's yeah. a trick ending built on top. So that should get the innovation. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, anyway, this game I thought was clever and funny and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't innovative. I mean, to me, that was like someone writing a good opinion piece in a newspaper who makes a clever statement on like film or something and then saying it's innovative. It's not innovative. It's just clever and like well executed. It's not. Yeah, it's not. To that, me, it's that's not, not, that it's innovative. not that it's, it's not that it's bad. It's actually a really cool yeah, concept. Right. But, it is a little weird. Yeah. So I, I disagreed with that inclusion on the innovation list, but I'm just one judge. So, I, you know, I obviously it's just my opinion. Um, but we agree with you, Tim. Uh, here we go. Uh, Dear Idle Thumbs, question for you. Um, do any of you actually play sports games? It seems like the only time I hear you mention them in, in either writing or on the podcast is usually to mock the sequel-like nature of the games. Well, I don't think we do that. I don't, yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever Because I don't that, have really. a problem with that, personally. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's worth noting that this last year's iteration of the EA Sports franchises, NBA and NHL in particular, are pretty amazing. NHL 09 has amazing online leagues, player creation, and a lot more things. I recognize sports games are pretty big-time suck, but they some of them do offer <laughs> a lot of really time, great... A big-time suck or a big-time suck? You might have I don't know what wrong. you mean. So. <laughs> Just wondering your thoughts on sports games harsh. in general. Your friend Scott, aka Soggy, Soggy Bagel. I I bought NHL 09. I gave NHL 09 an award on Gamma Sutra, so oh. for best gameplay mechanic, I gave it an honorable mention. Cool. This so. sounds really douchey, but I tend to only play sports games if they're extreme or alternative. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Jake is a pretty yeah. alternative extreme yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I really, I really enjoy like skateboarding and snowboarding games. I like unless you can have like a mohawk, Jake. Yeah, interesting. unless I, unless I can wear a, like, unless a it's fucking... got EA tracks, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost without that douchey DJ fucking. Ugh. But, unless like, it has like... Offspring songs, you're not gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. play it. I don't, I don't really like racing games either, but I, I love Burnout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but oh my god, did you guys see the vi- the Burnout PC video of like the three monitor HD? Like, no. Four thousand by one thousand resolution. No. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys. No, I mean, you I guys I, play the occasional sports game. If it's a not, I, I very rarely do. O- the only reason I, I checked out NHL Nine is because I heard a lot of good things about it. It's not that I don't like sports games. I just, I just not. So, I don't know. It's just yeah. Not, I actually when, when it's I, like buying up for me. It's like buying a multiplayer only game, like buying Left 4 Dead. It's a very specific game type, and right. the, you know the problem. You know, and it's a valid complaint that you know nothing. You know, not much changes between each version. It'd be like, you know, buying Left 4 Dead the next year, but instead of Bill, it's like some other dude. You know what I right. mean? Like, and changed I, up the like, roster. Yeah. And, you know, it's a valid complaint because a lot of times there really isn't much that's all that innovative. But NHL 09 is a pretty good example of when, you know, a sports game actually does make a, a big change that actually, you know, I mean, if people aren't familiar with it, you can play, you know, um, uh, multiplayer with you know and everybody's a character you like know, an entire uh, team of an humans. entire team of humans yeah, yeah. oh that's pretty cool that's yeah. yeah yeah it's really, really and cool. a team of cyborgs it's, it's, on the well, <laughs> it, it turns it into like a class-based multiplayer game you know you've got your goalie and he's got to do a specific thing and then you know you, you have to coordinate and it's it's you know it's like any other game really also so. personally i don't really mind the fact that they release madden every year and everything every year like i don't know i mean i feel like sports game no like, i mean it's that makes sense given the fact that there are seasons like sports seasons every it's like I guess you could theoretically do it as DLC and just re- update the roster, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really mind that they do it this way. But, I mean, I, but I, I just sort of like I, like Nick. I'm just I'm not going to buy it every yeah. year. I'll buy it once in a every long while. And I think like with Madden, there's... you know, you, you do sort of have to resent the ex, you know the exclusivity because right. there there was you know 2K was sort of yeah, pushing is, things along a right, bit. And exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably like you guys. I don't seek out sports games, but if if I hear that one is really good, or if I have a friend who really likes to play them, I'll. Go over to a friend's house and play that game, but I just 
it's just not personally something that I'm into, even though it's not like I have scorn for sports right. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably won't be hearing. You probably, unfortunately, Scott won't be hearing much sports game discussion here. But unless it's, not, it's extreme or alternative. Unless it's extreme or alternative. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. That's okay, I'm Jake. Sorry, world. We know you're an extreme alternative yeah. guy. It's true. Just look at me. <laughs> All right. So I think that's probably probably enough podcasting for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Hooray for you. <laughs> that will be removed. Video game. Man, we should actually, that makes me want to make an alternate video of it that has, and three puzzle pieces. Courage. It's like, I am courageous. I am strong. me, princess. I am wise. Yeah, right, exactly. Hooray for you. You had Ganon, like, in the background, fucking taunting yeah, you. Hooray right. <laughs> for you! Ever feeling down? And then <laughs> Ever lose half of your hearts? <laughs> you get the cosplay link with the headphones? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Peenies.